And what we uh, informed the council about is, first of all, that we have found uh, quite a few attacks with explosive weapons against civilian and civilian population. Uh, we have found violations against personal integrity, including torture. Uh, we have also mentioned rape and sexual violence. And in the oral update, we also mentioned displacement of children in the form of transfer and deported by the Russian authorities into Russia. From what you have outlined with your findings, um, it's safe to say that the Russian ongoing invasion of Ukraine has had devastating effects on various levels. What were the most striking things you and your team witnessed on the ground? I think uh, if we look at the general picture of our investigation so far, um, it confirms what we found in the first main mandate, namely that torture was widespread and systematic. The difference from the first mandate is that we now had looked into other regions of Ukraine, which they occupied uh, during a certain period. When they then withdrew, it has been able to, for the commission to go in and investigate. And we have then found systematic and widespread torture in these regions. Um, uh, such torture was uh, primarily directed against persons who were suspected of being sympathetic to the Ukrainians. And the now, purpose was to uh, exert information. What recommendations then would you say that the United Nations can be doing differently on the ground to help the people of Ukraine overcome the trauma that comes with this torture? For example, uh, mental health issues. I was recently there, the recent widespread power outages. Uh, there were difficulties with access to education and healthcare facilities. What can the international body do to help the people of Ukraine? Um, there will be a lot of work required, um, partly now when the conflict is still ongoing, and even more so when it is over. And um, there will be a need for a victim-centered approach in order to assist people to come back to normal lives. It is not easy to adopt all the necessary measures uh, at the first stage. Uh, for instance, at the stage where we are now, one has to start with something that is concrete and which should be immediately adopted. And the Commission re, uh, recommends that uh, support concerning mental health and psychosocial support should be given priority. Thank you. Now, regarding the conduct of the war, what steps can be taken by the Commission and Human Rights Council in terms of accountability? As we know, uh, there is already the accountability measures adopted both in Ukraine and at the international level. Um, the prosecutor of Ukraine um, is bringing cases before the Ukrainian courts and the ICC has, of course, uh, in, engaged in investigations as well. But in addition to these, uh, there are many 
other actors in Ukraine investigating crimes and the purpose for them as well will be that this leads to accountability. And what we uh, recommend in our reports, including in this oral update, is that with so many actors on the ground, it's important to require sufficient coordination between the actors and also to increase the efficiency of the individual investigations and proceedings. During your oral updates in Geneva today to member states, you said there is evidence that rhetoric in Russia state and other media may constitute incitement to genocide. Now, my question is, what do you mean by that? And could this lead potentially to genocide charges in some form? The commission is uh, investigating many possible crimes in Ukraine. Amongst the many possible crimes, uh, allegations of genocide is one of them. Uh, it, it is necessary to see whether there is sufficient evidence that this crime applies. And these uh, investigations are ongoing. The Commission is an independent entity, and so is the International Criminal Court. We are not cooperating or working together in the investigations. We carry out our separate investigations. Having said that, of course, we are in contact with many different entities in this field. But uh, the ICC is totally independent, and so are we. In your earlier press release, you did mention that um, you have no, you haven't been in uh, contact with Russian authorities at all. Is there any kind of cooperation you would hope to have with them? We have contacted the Russian authorities in various ways during our entire mandate, and so far uh, there have been no responses on their part. We regret that, but hope that that will change. Thank you. Now, could you talk about the um, people in Ukraine, including children, being forcibly transferred to Russian um, Federation? What have you learned so far, or what did you see so far that you can share with us? Well, in our reports, we have mentioned that there are um, different groups of children that have been either separated from their parents in connection with uh, the armed conflict or in connection with the security checks, or they may, for instance, have been sent to summer camps. Then uh, they have not uh, returned afterwards. These are complicated investigations, uh, but in our report, we have found uh, several violations um, uh, with of humanitarian law and human rights law in connection with this process uh, from the Russian authorities. And that takes me to my last question. You touch on it lightly um, about the uh, violations. Um, did you, uh, Ukrainian um, armed forces responsible for any violations of human rights um, or international law at all from your investigation, what have you found? Whereas we found a large number of violations on the Russian side, we have found a few incidents of violations on the Ukrainian side. 
this related to um, indiscriminate uh, attacks against civilian and some incidents concerning ill treatment of Russian prisoners of war. We are continuing investigations to see whether there are other incidents, but that is all we have found so far.